Hello, everyone. Welcome to the International Youth Arts Festival. Um, obviously, once again, sorry we're not in Kingston this year, obviously due to um, these circumstances. Um, but we are online. I think these um, we do this so you want to work in the arts, you know, um, for the past three years. I think this is making, especially now we've been online, it's making it a lot more accessible to do these sort of things, uh, which I think is great. Um, obviously, we're part of Creative Youth and we're a charity that enables young voices to enable their potential within the arts as well. Um, and obviously, we run the festival uh, at the moment. We have had a, an incredible festival so far. We launched on Friday. Uh, we had a whole day of seminars and, and performances yesterday. So if you haven't already, please go back and catch up um, on some of the incredible performances. I mean, some of them is the best I've seen over lockdown. And once we know how saturated the online market is at the moment. Um, but we are here to talk about um, mental health and well-being in the arts, especially over this lockdown period. I think it's really key to open this conversation. I think there's a lot of people um, suffering, um, you know, during this time. I mean, I mean, me personally, I'm not really, I've never really suffered from mental health, but I'm a bit of a social butterfly. And I think it's been hard for me to just sit in these four walls and sort of not really speak to anyone for the past three months, apart from my missus. But we can all get fed up with our missus uh, for three months. But um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just a really safe space. If anyone, we have got a Q&A button below. So if you do want to ask any questions, you can do, and we can ask those towards the end. Um, but this is a really safe space. No one's going to be judgmental or anything like that. So please, um, if you feel you want to speak up about anything, please do. Um, but we are joined by Greg, Freya and Luke, um, which is amazing. Um, I suppose it's better for them to sort of introduce themselves, really, uh, and what they sort of do within the arts. So I'll start with you, Greg, if you want to introduce yourself and what you do. It's not done it. No. <laughs> now, there we go. There, there we, go. we go. Hello. How are we doing? Yes. Right. Uh, so uh, my name is Greg. I'm an actor and writer originally from Norfolk. Um, so uh, my first short play, which was called Brain Jam, um, which is an award-winning play, actually, I always forget to mention that, which was uh, selected by the charity Mind to um, talk to high school kids about opening up a conversation about mental health using art. So um, I toured that in 2017 and got the chance to uh, chat to a lot of young people about how they felt growing up and why they felt they couldn't speak about how they felt. Um, and as a result of that, I uh, worked a lot with um, Asda Good Living on some articles for their Father's Day editions. So talking to the Samaritans and talking to some um, some people about about their struggles and mental health I got the chance to open about, up about my own and um, unpack some of the reasons why um, we didn't feel like we could speak before and now there's been this starting this kind of revolution of helping um, people uh, specifically at the time uh, guys um, who felt like they couldn't open up to um, start a conversation surrounding their own mental health and then right. uh, more recently, I've been working on my first uh, full-length play with the help of uh, Creative Youth and the lovely Tom Socks. And so that's kept me busy at the moment. I've been sat in my room furiously writing over lockdown. Incredible. Well, obviously, when we can all get let out of our rooms, we can we can obviously see that. And we're obviously very excited. It's a really it's exciting cross, project. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Luke? 
You've not unmuted yourself either. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it says I can't unmute. Rob, can you unmute Luke? Freya, can you unmute? No, Rob, it seems that everyone can't unmute themselves. He says that you're all unmuted. He's muted me now. Oh, hello. Oh, there we go. There we hello. go. Come hello. on, there we go. Go for it. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I'm Luke Adamson. I'm a, an actor, writer, director, producer, a uh, bit of a jack of all trades uh, in theatre. Uh, I'm originally from Yorkshire, a little town called Selby up in Yorkshire. Came down to London when I was 19 for drama school and uh, never escaped. So I'm still down here um, in the London, but I do do a lot of work all over the country. Um, I first uh, worked with Tom on his play Netflix and Chill, um, which we did initially last year and then again this year, earlier this year before lockdown, uh, which was a play about toxic masculinity and, and specifically male mental health. Um, and I put a lot of sort of my struggles and my journey uh, into the play with, with Tom's permission. Obviously, he was the writer, but we worked together. We collaborated to put some, some, some very personal aspects for me in there. Um, I've been struggling with my mental health for actually for as long as I can remember um, and it was only probably three years ago I actually spoke out and did something about it um, so I've become in these three years I've become quite an outspoken advocate for discussion and of this this topic um, on a slightly different tack I also wrote and directed and toured a play called One Last Waltz which was about uh, Alzheimer's disease which again is slightly different, but it's still an aspect of, of mental health. Um, and we toured that with the support of the Alzheimer's Society um, back in 2015, and then revived it uh, at the Greenwich Theatre a couple of years later. So, yeah. Amazing. And um, lastly, Freya. Hi, I'm Freya. Um, nice to meet everyone. Um, so I am actually in Leeds and not in London at all. Um, Good, escape to the north. Good. Well done. Um, so I'm a writer um i write poetry and i write plays um although i've not written anything full length yet i'm really excited um to be involved in the creative youth scratch night um with a play which is nothing to do with mental health but all about politics and assassinations and um so that'll be fun um i'm also a recently accredited um mental health first aider in a very strange turn of events um and i've been dealing with mental health issues since i was a teenager so that's where i'm coming from amazing amazing okay so that's what the was the first sort of question is i mean um i'll start with you greg i mean how have you been over sort of the lockdown period have you as have you crossed any sort of barriers in terms of your mental health have you um how's it all sort of been for you really well, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite happy to say that it has been ups and downs. I think that's the first thing is kind of saying like, yeah, it hasn't been all roses, you know. I think the thing for me was I wasn't, I'm not 
working at the moment. I wasn't working right at the start of lockdown. And so for me, that meant being at home and that meant procrastinating. And that was being on Twitter and sort of cycling through Twitter and seeing the various articles and seeing kind of the theatre industry crumble around me and run, wondering if I need to go and, you know, jack it all in and retrain to become a hairdresser. Um, <laughs> for me, that was really uh, a point where I was like, okay, I can see myself spiralling here. It's a pattern of behaviour that I've seen in myself previously and I've kind of been trying to work my way out. So for me, I think my main thing was just pull the plug on all of that for the moment. I was like, okay, I need, I need to step away from it because, you know, the news at the moment is, as we all know, pretty, it is pretty frightening. It's pretty yeah. frightening. If you're already, if you're already struggling um, day to day, it can make it really, really hard. Mm. So for me, it was, I just had to kind of step away from that because I was, I really think that um, we're, our, our industry, we are constantly being asked to work, you know, because we're surrounded by things and it doesn't happen. I don't think in many other lines of work where you're, you're constantly need to be somehow working. And I don't think that needs to be the case. So for me, it was just, I had to be like, right, step away, go for a walk, go and do something, um, even just get a bit of fresh air um just to kind of rebalance myself was my main um thing but yeah it's not been it's not been easy at all it's been yeah. really uh kind of good days and bad days have you i know you said earlier you said um that obviously you've stayed in london you haven't gone back to see family and things like that have you got flatmates yeah so i'm i'm really lucky in that i've got i've got three other flatmates um, oh that's good so you've all been all, there all, for each other yeah yeah who all work in the arts and so we all are on a similar in a similar boat so it was nice to be able to talk to them and I, yeah, I realise how lucky I am to be able to have people because I do also know mates who are got stuck in London and are on their own, um, and that is, I think, even going to be even tougher than what oh, um, yeah. I've kind of experienced. Yeah, yeah. And um, what about yourself, Luke? Um, I've actually found this period slightly easier than the sort of the normal day to day. I found that actually being outside of that rat race. Yeah, has has been helpful for me. Um, I agree with, entirely with what Greg said about every time you go on Twitter or you watch the news. Like I had to stop watching the daily coronavirus briefings. I had oh, to stop yeah. watching them because I was getting so angry. I was getting so wound up, and and certainly everything that's going on at the moment with um, the fact that our our industry is just being left to crumble. Mm. Um, I I've had to sort of switch off from that kind of stuff. Um, but what's good is because I've got so much time. I have been able to, when I started to feel like that, I've been able to go and find solace in doing something creative. You know, over this period, I've, I've completed another, well, the first draft of another full-length play. Amazing. So that's something that's positive that I could turn my attention to, whereas previously, when I was, you know, working my, my day job, as it were, you, when you, you're surrounded by all this negativity and all this bad news, you then don't have necessarily the time to have your creative output and to distract yourself from that because um, you're straight into working behind the bar or mm. waiting tables or working in an office or whatever it is that you do as your sort of survival job. Um, so been like, I, I think there's been a lot of, um, I think it's been hugely damaging for mental health that people compare themselves in the arts over this period. Like one person may have written like seven plays and you're going, fuck, I haven't got up up my ass and done anything. And I think that's a really dangerous slippery slope when you start comparing yourself to other people because some people like yourself have found solace in doing something creative but i know people who ha who have said i'm not being creative whatsoever i need to fucking chill out for um you know a few months or whatever and i think that's i think that's yeah. been massive 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I've said to sort of, I've been doing some work with um, students from my old drama school, Alwa. Um, and one of the students approached me and said, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't contribute much to today's session. I just, it's all very overwhelming. And I'm like, you don't have to force yourself to be creative or, or to be, you know, to contribute. Everybody is dealing with this situation in a different way. You know, it is a worldwide pandemic. It's sort of unprecedented in our lifetime. Everybody's going to re react to it differently. Some people are, you know, like myself, finding solace and being a bit creative. Other people will struggle to do that. And it's, it's important that you accept yourself and, and the way that you want to be. That's absolutely valid. Um, if you want to sit and watch Netflix all day or you just want to go out and walk or do whatever it is that makes you feel good, then it's important that you do that because, like I said, this is unprecedented. There is no set guidance for how we're supposed to behave during this period yeah and um, there's no and there's no no one's getting ahead of each other no one's working the casting directors aren't working the actors aren't working directors producers no one's working so there's no need for you to feel like oh i need i need to go and do something because no one's doing anything so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you've watched seven players or you've or you've binge watched netflix for a day it makes no no difference to your career in some ways um, at this moment in time, because no one's doing it, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter in terms. You're not going to further your career um, in terms of doing that. I mean, the only thing you do is, I mean, yeah, if you can if you can write stuff down, amazing. If you can't, don't worry about it. Maybe just start going over your stuff. Like, I mean, I've I've re gone over my showreel and done things like that. I've I've learned how to edit. Maybe learn a new skill that will will further your career over lockdown. You know, I've learned how to do a bit of editing and things like that. It's I think it's just those li those little battles are, are, are great um and then moving on to you freya what about yourself yeah so um i've also been struggling a bit with mental health stuff just because i think it's very easy to do so we're all very confined there's lots of great anxiety provoking news and there's a big change to everyone's lifestyle that seems sort of very very long and also sort of am I doing the right thing? Um, is this the correct way? Are we all doing the right thing by staying in? Are we staying in long enough sort of thing? Um, and as you were saying, Luke, I've been sort of like going to and through with creativity. I've been having like periods where I've just been like not be able to write anything at all and be like, oh no, I can't think of anything. I can't think, how can I write? But also like sometimes I have been writing and I think it's kind of a cycle for me because I've often found that my creativity is something that's helped me with mental health issues and that's one of the reasons why I write because I find it enables me to process things um, so it has been very helpful when I've been able to do that but also kind of thinking oh I've got an idea I should be writing you know a novel or a play or whatever and then not being able to do that um, because it's really hard and very hard to think it makes me feel worse in a weird way so I'm kind of just going on a constantly changing cycle of I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and Freya at the beginning you said you'd just become a mental health first aider which is incredible I mean I'd love to know a little bit more about that if you'd like to expand on that. Yeah so um, my job one of my jobs I work in an escape room and my boss in that escape room was like right so everyone in this escape room is Followed, um, but we're going to do something that's going to be helpful all together. So the whole staff, we're going to go on a course um, via Zoom and we're all going to become mental health first aiders. So we did, oh. which I think is really cool. 
Yeah. And has, has that, have you used that in practice yet? Has that come into play yet? Or is that quite a recent thing? No, it was only a few weeks ago. And I mean, I'm not really in, in sort of like a sort of situation where I can use that um, in practice. I don't know. It's just all about the importance of having conversations, being compassionate, um, like making sure that you're asking questions like, are you okay? Um, and assessing the situation. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, and then sort of my next question, I'll, st I'll start with you, Greg, is sort of what do you think the biggest hurdles have been for people over lockdown and how, what are the best ways to overcome it, I guess? So I think, again, I'm just going to, I'm going to reiterate the point about, uh, I think specifically, um, obviously there is a the whole thing of feeling contained and worrying about going outside and worrying about you know what you know what you're going to get even just going to the supermarkets so there's there's that daily struggle but i think especially for the arts it's that thing of um you know i was saying if you're a if you're a dentist you're not thinking about teeth the entire time you know when you know when you're not at work but i think with with us and with kind of anything to do with the arts it's this presumption of needing to be need to be doing things the whole time and needing to be thinking about what, what, you, what you should be doing next always. And I think that can be really unhelpful and quite unhealthy. So I think there's lots of things that I've been doing. I've, I took up gardening, did gardening for a little Lovely. bit. Kind of threw my focus onto something and helped me focus on something that wasn't thinking about career stuff. Um, and I think I'm overly lucky in that my, right at the beginning of lockdown, my agent kind of approached everyone and was like, right, okay, this is completely unprecedented. So if you if you want to do stuff, great. But if you don't, don't. And I think that's that's the thing that we need to be saying to everyone. It's like we understand, you know, people people writing stuff like, oh, you know, Shakespeare wrote King Lear in in lockdown or whatever. Like that's fine. But also, if you want to sit around in your pants and watch Netflix, that's one hundred percent okay too. Like I've grown a chili plant in lockdown, so there you go, Shakespeare. Have that. <laughs> it's normalizing that behavior i think it's normalizing being like okay i'm going to step away yeah and i think for artists that we need to normalize that just as much as everything else is saying like i'm really not feeling it because i think i was thinking about it you kind of we trade in emotions actors trade in emotions that's your way you work so if you can't if you can't discuss your own and move away from it if you need to then it, it kind of it doesn't work so for me, it was things like, yeah, so I took up gardening, did lots of running, tried a bit of yoga, wasn't very good at it, but I did some yoga, just things to take my mind off it. And then just, just walking. I'm really lucky in the alley paddies around the corner. So yeah. um, getting to kind of get step out and, and go um, and get a bit of fresh air was super important. I think a lot of people have sort of reevaluated their life in lockdown in terms of like, and I think it's actually been a very positive thing for people in terms of that. I mean, myself, I mean, I, over this whole lockdown period, I haven't smoked, I haven't drunk, um, I have, um, I've decided to move back to Manchester, but I've completely turned my life around in terms of lockdown. Yes, it's been, it's been hard because I've been on my own for a lot because my um, partner's gone back to her office, so I'm in, in the, the flat on my own most times of the day now until the evening. Um, and luckily, yeah, I've, heard, I've worked for Creative Youth and stuff over lockdown and things like that. Um, but I think it's been a hugely positive in, in, a, in many ways. I know it's been hugely negative for a lot of people, but also you've got to try and think positively as well and what, what you have learned over lockdown um, as much as what you've lost as well. What about you, Luke? Um, well, I've been quite lucky in that um, 
one of my friends uh, was locked down here with me and we both like cricket and we, we went on Amazon and bought some cricket stuff and we've been out in the car park playing cricket a lot of the time. Unfortunately, he ran out of money and had to go back and move back in with his parents. But um, I think there's a, there's a pressure, I think, like Greg said, within the arts to, to sort of to prove that we're always doing something. Mm. That there's a pressure that because the arts is looked upon, it's looked down upon by so much of society as it, it's not a real job or, it, you know, all this kind of stuff that you need to constantly be doing something to prove your commitment to it or how serious you are. Um, and I think that actually lockdown has sort of brought out the fact that we don't necessarily always need to be doing something. Like we said about you, you at the start of lockdown, people are writing 10 or 12 letters a day and sending them out to casting directors with their updated showreels, whatever else, which is great. But like you said, Tom, you, you, when, it, when everything restarts again, you're still just on a pile of names. So you're not necessarily gaining anything but it might be good if you just if that helps you process yeah. things um but i think it's it's sort of it might make us reassess when things do reopen mm. how we behave and 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 how we sort of move forward in the industry specifically and um the pressure that we put on each other the pressure that we put on our sort of contemporaries through what you're doing and I have seen posts and I know Tom yourself, you're a member of Facebook groups for, for actors and things like that. And there's so many posts of people, you know, showing off if you like oh, what yeah. they're doing. And, and that's great. If you, you're using this opportunity to learn new skills, like you said, you've learned editing or, or to do stuff. Um, but don't necessarily, why are you posting that on Facebook? Is that yeah. because you want positive affirmation or are you doing it to make other people feel bad? Maybe you're not doing it to make other, other people feel bad but that might actually happen even though that's not your desired effect so i think it's it's sort of awareness of 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 self and and what works for us ourselves in terms of keeping our mental health positive um but also awareness of how our actions can affect other people's mental health um and i think that an awareness of 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 ourself and our actions is is a vital tenet of being a human not just somebody within the arts yeah. Um, and sort of talking about going forward as I was, I'll just come back to that, that, um, you know, as, as somebody that has directed and, and worked in, in drama schools, worked with students, I think it's vital for somebody in that sort of situation and for like all directors, there may be a lot of directors watching, I don't know. Um, but you know, you're in a position of power in a certain way within that room as collaboratively as you work, you are the sort of the figurehead of that room and I think you have to take a certain amount of responsibility for everybody's mental health and, and certainly I think when I direct and I, I'm speaking to you Tom because I've worked with you as an actor um, on something that was particularly near the knuckle I like to think that I'm very good at being aware of, of, of everybody in the rooms sort of how they're going and and taking breaks when we need to take breaks and not pushing too hard and 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 I think that's something that you know as we go forward in the industry once we reopen i think just having that awareness of 
of everybody's mental health will be a positive change that perhaps will come out of this lockdown period. Yeah, 100%. And I think more schemes maybe need to be taught in terms of the arts, in terms of mental health and how directors deal with actors because, you know, um, there's a lot of... I mean, the thing, you don't become an actor if there's not something that's, you know, there in terms of you wanting to embody another person and things like that and, and dealing with such tough subjects. I mean, obviously with Netflix and Chill that we worked on was very personal to my heart. Um, and also there was days that were very tough for me covering, covering subjects in my life that were very difficult for me to cover and, and those breaks and having, but that, I, th- I felt, always felt comfortable working with someone like you, Luke, and um, because I knew that you'd, you'd you know, you, you understand mental health, you know how to deal with it. Um, so having that, I think having that safety blanket is always good for an actor to have that, knowing that your actor, um, so your director can understand that. And then sort of moving to you, Freya, what, what do you think sort of the biggest challenges have been and how, how we sort of overcome it as, um, in terms of that? Well, I want to agree with um, Greg and Luke about this idea of productivity and like this pressure to produce and also say I think there's value um, in producing things that you don't think are any good um, or like you don't feel up to your normal stuff because sometimes it's not just a pressure to produce, it's a pressure to produce King Lear and <laughs> we're not all writing King Lear like... We, I think we should like lean into this and like try new things and like write in a different form and it maybe is terrible or just like not as objectively good as the other things you've written or try a new skill um, and like with the whole pressure to share things I think there's a value in things that we don't want to share yet though we you know we try something it hasn't really worked mm. I think we should accept the value in that too yeah and there's been a question sent here, probably leads in quite nicely, really, and sent in by our CEO, Louise. How much do you feel that, and I'll start with you, Greg, how much do you feel that social media and digital platforms play a part in people's mental health um, and unwell-being? I have noticed as an oldie that young people don't tend to pick up the phone as much. Um, I'm not sure if this is a good thing or that's played into the fact, but the lack of personal contact, and it's all just over emails and, and social media, it, I suppose the lack of it's a very interesting thing because I've 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 always been brought up in terms of always call someone, but it's now that yeah that social awareness of people just using social media or keyboard or you know that sort of thing. Yeah. I think it doesn't help that we're currently not allowed to go near anyone. I think that that can't help matters. <laughs> you know, that's for for the for the tactile humans among us. It's kind of uh, it's really it's pushed everything onto that format. But I think they've really really kind of hit the nail on the head in that specifically with social media i think that there's this presumption that you're around these people and you are connected to them so you feel like you are connecting as opposed to narrowing it down and actually saying right i'm actually going to call someone have a proper chat i think there's this thing with social media that you you know just kind of you feel as though you are connected because there's all these people that you can see and some you know and some you don't but actually i think that's kind of counterproductive if you really you know in feeling this need to actually talk to someone you really do need to narrow it down and pick up the phone and talk to people i think closer because a lot of the time what i found and i actually had to do the same thing again when i switched off from social media about probably about two or three weeks in i was still feeling this way and i was like right okay well i need to you know go go the the, the old school method and actually kind of call someone so calling a, a mate and then realizing they felt exactly the same mm-hmm. as i did they felt this kind of you know everything from like the need to work to the pressure to like the, the, 
just feeling like the world's falling apart around them. So it, it can be really helpful in that you can reach out and, and see other people that are feeling the same. But in terms of um, finding a, a connection with someone, I think it's quite difficult. I think you do need to step away from it and actually, again, look at other ways of doing it instead of putting it out on Twitter or say, is, is to actually narrow down and, and, and speak to someone and actually give, give a friend a ring. Because yeah. again, you will find that a lot of the time they're feeling exactly the same way as you are. Yeah, I, I always felt a bit nervous with when I was when I was sort of programming the festival about ringing people because also you don't know what they're going through at this time. And I, I always sent an email first before ringing them. Um, whereas sometimes that you know you might be told just just call them, just call them now. And she's like, I don't feel comfortable just calling someone out of the blue, one from my own mobile and two onto their personal mobile because you have no idea what they're going through at that time. You could be calling at a really bad time when they could be having a really bad day or a really bad week. And, you know, especially in this lockdown period, everything's heightened so much. Yeah. I think just calling people out of the blue um, during work time, I think you, you need to be very careful. I think emailing someone first and then calling is the best way to go and not just calling someone out of the blue and just going, do you want to, be, do you want to, you know, to work with me? Blah, blah, blah. Um, cause I think that's just a bit pushy and you, you cannot, whatever you do over this lockdown period, do not be pushy to anyone in this industry because you have no idea what this industry yeah. is doing for at the moment. And it's only getting worse day by day now that the government aren't stepping in terms of this. So artists are really fragile, really vulnerable at the moment. And the worst thing you can do is be pushy over the phone and try and get them to do a project. Um, yeah, I do think feel with 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 um, social media that there's a certain amount of, you know, you feel you see all this around you, you feel like you need to do the same and you need to post the same, you need to like say that you feel the same. But actually, I think sometimes what you actually feel is quite different from it. You know, you, I think what you put out a lot of the time is kind of a, a persona or something. And actually, you might you might feel very different to that. So I think it's really, really important to notice kind of what we're how uh our persona is online to how we are how we are feeling at the time and like does it you know is it is it a good idea to be putting this out on here if i don't feel the same it's kind of it's 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 such a different place social media compared with how people are actually feeling at the moment mm. um and i can it, it's got good points and bad, bad points to it yeah and you luke I'd just like to firstly say thank you, Louise, for describing me as a young person that doesn't yeah. change. I, you know, now that I'm in my 30s, I feel dead old. Um, but I, I hate using the phone. I hate using the phone. I always have. It's, I have such an anxiety over calling people. I'm completely the opposite to you, Tom. Um, if my phone rings, unless it's my mum or my dad or one of my family members, very like, the likelihood is I'm not going to answer it. I just, I, I'm not prepared <laughs> for that. Um, and so I prefer email for, for um, or text or WhatsApp, whatever, um, because I feel that I can be um, somehow more eloquent through text than I can through speaking on the phone. Um, having said that about sort of social media, it is massively a double-edged sword because um, it can be so useful for keeping in touch. Like I've got family members on the other side of the world. It's great for keeping in touch with them. Um, and it's great for advertising shows or keeping people yeah. up to date with what you're doing, um, getting recommendations for things. 
But on the flip side, it is always the, like Greg said, it is the best version of everybody's reality that you're seeing. It's not necessarily the truth. Um, and certainly with, with Twitter these days, there's so many bots, there's so many political bots. Um, and at a time in which sort of hatred and division is political currency, it seems that, you know, the, there's a certain amount of hatred and distrust being spread intentionally um, for the benefit of certain people and certain um, powerful people that actually that is not a, not a good thing. Um, and I do spend a lot of my time sort of on social media because I've got jobs through Twitter. Like it's a very, yeah. very useful tool, but then you're just seeing so much hate and so many uh, trolls, if you like, and I don't know how many of them are real people and how many of them are, um, just bots or, you know, automated things. Um, but I think, I think Louise makes a really good point in the question that actually, you know, sometimes picking up the phone and actually talking to somebody is, is better than, mm. um, but like, I'm, I'm a bit like you, Tom, in that I, I'm quite sociable. I'd, I'd much rather go and sit in the pub and have a chat with somebody, um, than talk to somebody over the phone. Yeah. I prefer that personal contact. I'm obviously not doing that at the moment, even though the yeah. pubs have reopened. I ain't going flying down to the, you know, the Hope and Anchor for a quick jar or two. I'm staying well <laughs> clear until things have... Uh, yeah. And do you, I mean, I know you probably feel the same, but I think Facebook groups are breeding grounds for negativity um, a lot of the time. I've posted... Um, low, mostly just about shows and mostly about just promoting stuff. I never really open up debates in those groups because you're in for a tough time. Mm. But I do think that these Facebook groups need to be better managed because the, 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 the negativity and the hate from a lot of these people who are just literal keyboard warriors mm. um, and really put you down is, is admins of these groups and, I don't know. I don't know what you can do, but there needs to be really a big shift in terms of managing these groups because it's getting worse and it's got worse over lockdown because everyone's angry. So everyone's everyone's got an opinion, um, and that's that's fine. But also, people are forcing each other's opinions. People are not listening to each other. Um, but yeah, that's it. And um, Freya, what about you, yourself what, in terms of social media and things like that? It's interesting. Um, in February of this year, so just before all the lockdown and all the coronavirus really started hitting, I decided I was going to delete like Twitter and stuff because it wasn't adding to my life. And then when um, lockdown started, I got it back on, like in a sort of weird way. Because even though like it's not real community and it isn't sustaining in the way that actual relationships with people are with all the disconnection I kind of felt almost that I wanted this sort of artificial stuff even though like it's not anything near the real thing it's like I don't know fake food like it's not any nutritional value but you're still sort of eating it in a weird way um but it's the actual um people who I've known in my real life and I met like you know face to face um at some point those kind of conversations are the ones that are actually sustaining me. Yeah. Whether I'm contacting them via social media or like via text or via the phone. Yeah. And I'll stay with you, Freya, on, the, on this next question. Do you think, I'm um, just opening up as the arts as a whole, do you think the arts as a whole has progressed in, in talking more openly about mental health? Or there is, is there still a lot of stigmas in the industry, do you think? Um, I 
don't know um, so much. Like I said, I'm just starting out, so I've not got as much experience in the arts as other people. I, but I have felt in lots of areas that being open about mental health is something I'm far more able to do in arts um, role, like a, a scratch night um, or something, rather than like if I was working um, in like one of the customer service jobs I've worked, I'd feel much more comfortable yeah. in that area. Yeah. And what about you, Lee? Do you think it's more open now than it has been? I think we're definitely taking steps. We're definitely taking steps in the right direction. And I think possibly more so than other industries. Because, like you said earlier, Tom, we, you know, we, we engage in things that are very personal and quite often emotional things. So it, it's more relevant in our industry, I suppose. Um, it makes me laugh that um, a lot of theatres around the country have, as part of, not a full-time staff, but they have a theatre chaplain. Like, and it's a historical thing that they have somebody that is, you know, uh, religious and attached to the to the theatre. And I think that more and more that actually that's not so important. What would be important is some kind of theatre therapist or mental health practitioner that actors, whether working for that theatre or touring into that theatre or venue or whatever, could have access to. Um, and I think that there's, there's big steps being made. Equity have set something up now. Um, earlier this year, I think it was, or last year, they've set something up so that um, actors can access that. Um, and I think there's much more of an awareness of it within the arts now than there certainly used to be. And I think that's positive. Do you think there's anything more that the arts can do? What, any suggestions? Um, I think there's always more that we can do. And I think, I don't know if it's institutional things or sort of in, in a worldwide industrial thing or whether it's just... Um, an awareness within ourselves and like I mentioned earlier that awareness of how our actions affect other people and just being aware of the mental health of people around you if you see people are struggling then reach out and help you know um, but I certainly think that there should be uh, you know in handbooks or uh, in companies that you're talking about things just recommending like you know if you need to you can talk to mind or the mental health association or any of these people, Samaritans, you know, and just uh, removing any stigma from doing that. Um, and perhaps having regular sort of touch-ins, like just regular catch-ups on, on how everybody's doing might be a good thing as well. Yeah. And Greg? So first of all, I think um, we have, like, we have really improved, you know, when I think it's certainly in the last couple of years, I, and I don't, <laughs> pretty certain it doesn't happen in any, every, any other industry whereby you come into a company in the morning and you can sit in a group and say how you feel, how you feel day to day. Because I feel that's so important. I think if we don't do that, because again, it's like I said, dealing in emotions, if you can't deal in our own emotions and talk openly about them, then the art suffers. So I think we're really making some really great steps. Um, but I still think those stories um, need to be picked up by bigger places. It seems like these voices are kind of being championed. I worked a lot with um, Vault Festival this year. And those stories are being championed by those smaller venues. And, and they're also giving sort of breakout spaces afterwards where you can go and chat to the artist or just decompress about what's just happened and kind of process the art that you've just seen. But those are still being championed by smaller venues. And by. So I think what we need now is to hopefully see some of those voices push through into really bigger mainstream because that's when it's going to be exposed to bigger audiences and to audiences who wouldn't, you know, because I think with these smaller venues, a lot of time it is 
arts people that go to them and I think what we need is to push it into the mainstream because that then it's going to be seen by people who don't usually go to the theatre and think hang on a minute I feel like that I need to maybe say something yeah yeah I agree and then my final question before we sort of wrap it up is um I'll start with you Freya is there any um mental health organizations that you would recommend Actually, one thing I wanted to recommend is um, look at local mental health um, organisations, which obviously I'm not going to say that again. What was that called? Look at local ones um, to oh, your local. own like, city or area, um, because I sometimes find that there's lots of really helpful free um, therapy programmes in various cities that people just aren't seeing because they're looking on like a national scale. But sometimes if you look on a local CL, you can find that sort of help. Is available. Have you got any your, in your local area in Leeds that you'd recommend? There's one called The Marketplace, which I know does um, free therapy for um, young people. Amazing. Great. And you, Luke? Um, like I said, I've mentioned MIND and, and the Mental Health Association and, and the Samaritans. Um, uh, I don't know about any others, but um, I, I would say, you know, from my experience, if, if you, you really are struggling, then feel free to speak to your GP. Actually go and speak to, that's what I did. And that was the start of my road to, to massively improving my mental health. Um, you know, I went from being <laughs> uh, severely clinically depressed to feeling much better about things. So, it, you know, it can be as simple as reaching out to, to your GP. Yeah. And finally, you, Greg. So I would always, always uh, say Samaritans is my first one. Um, so I worked with the guy Tony through the magazine when I was working on the articles for Father's Day, um, who worked for the Samaritans and just ha had some absolutely incredible stories. And their work is always amazing. So I would always recommend them. And then also there's a um, there's a one called Playing Sane, which is actually for uh, it's UK based and actually for actors and creatives working in the industry who are struggling. Yeah. And it simply just gives. Just, it's just a site online, so www.playingsane.org, and they look at discussing issues with you, providing information, and point you towards the services and the funding. And it has collections of work by actors um, kind of talking about mental health and specifically designed to help out people within the industry who are struggling. So that's, that one is really important. And I think especially right now when we can kind of, things aren't quite as we want them to be, that's really, really helpful. Yeah, there's, there's also one called Art Minds, which is in the industry as well. That's like a combination between, I think it's Equity Spotlight and the stage have all put that together. They, when, we, when Actor Awareness, when we do our mental health nights every year, they normally sponsor us for that, for that uh, evening. So they've been really helpful as well. Oh, and there's, there's uh, Props Mental Health as well that um, oh, we had yes. to do with on Netflix and Chill. That are oh, great. yes. They're very vocal. They're brilliant. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Um, brilliant. That's all we've got time for. But thank you all so much for coming. That's been a really helpful conversation. I hope everyone else has sort of um, enjoyed that as well. Um, no worries, Jasper. Thank you for finding the interpreter. No worries at all. We're trying to make it as accessible as possible. Um, we're going to record these. So we are going to release them online at a later date as well. So these conversations aren't going going to be missed um, we're trying to make it as get these conversations going as much as we can and it, you know creative youth are amazing sort of enabling these conversations but also they need to be enabled by bigger organizations as well to try and get these these voices heard um, that's the next step is we can all do as much as we can in these little pockets of the industry but unless the big dogs at the top start doing these as well then 
you know, it's, it's we're up against it a little. But if you have enjoyed this discussion or any of our previous webinars, please go and fill out our survey as well. Um, give us a shout out on Twitter and, and social media as well. Um, and also please catch up with the festival. We've got loads more. Uh, this afternoon I've got um, the arts entering into a digital revolution is the next is another webinar. We've got the uh, touring and working internationally is up next at two o'clock um, as well. And we've also got all the other, you know, shows that have already happened. Cirque de Chennai was on yesterday, an incredible piece of work. Um, you know, loads of different things as well over on the festivals. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Freya. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Greg. And thank you, Joe, as well. Um, and yes, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, guys.